Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to The Best Damn Camp, a Roden verse read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I am your host Fran and welcome to the show. Today we continue our timeline journey with another mini-story from the Demigod Files, Percy Jackson and the Sword of Hades. As always I have my points to focus on so today we've got characters, gods, story and generally what I thought of it. But to begin, here's the synopsis. The powerful trio of shouldn't-be-here kids come together to find a weapon that could either work for them or destroy them. How difficult could it be? Oh, it's in the underworld. Oh, there's a titan and lots of ghosts? Bugger. And that's a synopsis for this little story. Um, I do want to just note, as you may have remembered from last week, um, there is, uh, well, I'm filming lots of episodes all at once uh everyone's at home because we're in another third lockdown here in the uk because our government is a joke um and so everyone is home there will be music there will be noise so um and a hoover apparently as well now um so (laughs) yeah just keep that in mind if you can hear uh, anything in the background that's what it is and hopefully it won't be too distracting but um Let's not focus on the woes that are the pandemic and let's move in to um, this pretty interesting story actually. So I haven't, I have read this story because I had to, I read it for um, my collab with Floor 600 but um, other than that I, I hadn't read it much previously um, and it now explains a lot of things about some stuff that happens in some of the future books. But I'm going to start first with character dynamics because I realised I said my points to focus on. I said characters, not character dynamics. Bugger. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, the character dynamics in particular are obviously the trio. So in this book, we've got Percy, Nico, and Talia working together. And this is the first time all three of them have been together knowingly being all kids of the big three. And it's just really interesting to see their dynamic because... Honestly, I actually expected more... There's, like, no hostility between any of them. And I expected there to be at least some, if not a lot, when they work as a group. Because, I like, considering everything that happened with, like, Talia and Percy, it would just make so much more sense for all three of them just to be... And even between Percy and Nico, literally, in the last book. Like, there would be more hostility and more, sort of, not being able to work well with each other, sort of, element but none of that is happening here which is an interesting twist on this idea seeing as how it has been mentioned that kids of the big three are usually the biggest problem makers like they're the reason for most of the wars that have happened in the world which never been a fan of that but um it's interesting 
especially because of the interaction that Percy's had with both of these characters previously not being the most positive. But now they kind of are, and they do work pretty well as a team, actually. They they figure out their dynamic really quickly. Tyler isn't the best, please, I will say, but admittedly, she is now a leader of the Hunters of Artemis. Like, it's going to feel strange to suddenly not be in that position anymore, um, as well as the fact that she probably hasn't been around guys for a long period of time. Um, but yeah, it's just really interesting just to see them all work together. I will say, just in terms of the characterization, um... Well, just in terms of the characters as a whole, I'm just glad that we finally get to see Talia again. I've missed her. We haven't had her for a whole book. And we're actually getting a little bit more development of her character in this. Like, we know obviously that her mum, who was an alcoholic, died in a car accident. And while she's whilst they're working for the, through the Fields Apostle, Percy first thinks that she may be looking for Bianca or... No, just for Bianca, because she knows that Zoe's in the stars. Um but he then remembers this story about her mum and then realises ah she's actually probably looking for her mother in this crowd and that really got it's just and I love actually that that is brought up again near the end where they meet oh god I can't say her name Melanine or something like that um who's this god that makes lets people see the ghosts of their past or like someone who's lost they feel guilty over or haven't been able to make peace with um and Talia sees her mother. Like she sees her mother in that moment. And it's really upsetting and traumatic that the ghost that she's seeing of her mum is telling her that she's the reason, like, oh, you ran away, you're pathetic, you're a terrible child, and all these sort of things. But, like, obviously the whole situation is that her mum was an alcoholic and she was a child. She had no choice but to leave. Um, and it's just, oh, it was just... it. It's also, other than Percy... Um, both Nico and Talia, I realise, actually have mummy issues and daddy issues. I don't like saying those terms, but they have both. Like, Nico also sees his mother and it's him, his mum basically being afraid and wondering where her kids are and never knowing what happened to them and, like, his connection to that and, like, the angst there. There's a lot of angst with these characters, but it was just really interesting to see. Um, Nico, in general... He gets a bit of a character development in this, but not as much as I kind of... Well, I, you don't really want one in a mini-story, really, but seeing this want that he has to get to know his dad and have his dad care about him and all these sort of things, is it's heartbreaking, but you see it a little bit in this story and also the fact that Persephone doesn't like him kind of makes me laugh a little bit because, you know, fair enough. Why would she like the kid of... the, the kid that her husband had after having an affair like no one's gonna like that um it just it does just make me laugh but it's i like that we do get to see more of the backstories for these characters and this is the only issue and i will i'll bring it up later on but the only issue that i have with this book is that this is one of the, well not book this short story is that this is one of the only short stories where you need to have read this to understand some things that happen in later books and I'll, but I'll get to that first I want to go to the gods uh, particularly Persephone now Persephone was a really interesting case in this because she is the reason why everything is happening and I do like that we're actually <laughs> I like that we're finally actually having some further involvement from the goddesses like we've not actually and admittedly we still don't really have a good experience with the goddess in this but, but the goddesses in this 
have not been good. They, the characterization of them has really made me really peeved off because they're the ones who appear to consistently be characterized as not bad, but as in just not nice people. Like Aphrodite is causing problems because she wants to tell a love story um, and like a dramatic love story in Titan's Curse. Artemis quote unquote hates men, hated that in general because that's dumb and it's not true. Um, Hera, Battle of the Labyrinth is meddling and only cares about a perfect family. Athena doesn't approve of Percy. Um, so we haven't had any actual good presentations of goddesses in this series and even Persephone in this she's it's not the best but she she has some good intentions which like I'm glad we do get some of that but just in comparison to the gods like the gods have gotten a little like the male gods have actually gotten a bit more further characterization like Poseidon is shown as a good guy when he's actually a bit of a douchebag if I'm honest but none of the female gods have actually received good presentation so far so I'm glad Persephone has a little bit of this here because um, like the whole thing is she isn't wrong so the, the, she's creating this weapon for Hades which will give him a little bit more power because he's actually less powerful than his brothers even though he's one of the big three um, and she isn't wrong as to why he needs that power because the underworld is the epicenter of anything if the underworld falls they're all doomed because all of their enemies are in the underworld if the underworld is compromised the the gods will lose everything because all of their enemies in the underworld will escape and they will be outnumbered so hades does need more protection and the same level of power as his brothers to keep everything safe and at bay and make sure that doesn't happen and I'll be able to touch on this again in the future when we get to Heroes of Olympus because this kind of comes up a little bit later on although not to the same level which is frustrating but I'll get to it then but um, the only thing obviously is that she probably should have gone about it in a better way because she went and did this all without Hades' permission because he didn't want this sword of power that he has to like lock and um, it's like a sword that basically can send people immediately to the underworld and all these sort of things powerful but like just takes him to the exact same level of power as Zeus and Poseidon. I do find it frustrating actually that all the demigods except Nico in some regards don't trust Hades to have the same power as Poseidon and Zeus. I'm like mate Zeus sleeps with everything and anything. Poseidon's a bit of a dick. <laughs> like Hades at least has a job that you know is literally of dire importance so should have the same level of power but how does that make him untrustworthy it's literally just like they've gone like ah death equals untrustworthy um which admittedly is something that this series has done like obviously the whole hades thing is the lightning thief but anyway getting off topic to go into the hades and persephone aspect actually just with them as a dynamic because we do see hades near the end of the book I still don't like how this relationship is portrayed and it, it's even worse in this short story I find. I, oh, it made me so uncomfortable when Hades, uh, when Persephone called Hades her husband but also her master. I'm like, no, no, no. Insert gif of T'Challa being like, we don't do that here because that is all levels of messed up sounding. And I think the word master was used a lot in this in this short story now I've, I've never been so uncomfortable with the with that term than i have been in this book um i keep calling it a book it's well whatever um i just think 
it just made me so uncomfortable because like it just doesn't make any sense like I know obviously in some versions of the story she's not happy that she had to marry Hades and all these sort of things but like saying that he's also her master is just ah no this is like handmade tale sounding stuff to stop it um one thing to, and i know people have heard me talk about this before like i'd i'd much rather they focus on the the nicer ish version of their story where she does actually care about hades in some way and he cares and loves her as well like it <laughs> his treatment for her just doesn't work for me it, it doesn't make any sense seeing as actually like the way he talks to her is just like oh you disobeyed me we'll talk about this later blah 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 and gets like really angry and irritated with her but it's been noted in the past and it's noted in the lightning thief actually that when persephone is around hades is a lot better and a lot nicer but this just kind of contradicts that and i know in this case she kind of went against his wishes but like he does care about her in some form like it's not like he, he's not meant to be in a i don't think he's meant to be like an abusive partner um but it, so it just feels really weird like in comparison so they're one of the only well, we've got no. They all have partners, actually, don't they? But other than Dionysus and Ariadne, Hades and Persephone, I think, should have been one of the other god romances that should have been a little bit healthier. Because obviously, in that version of the story where she willingly comes down, she only gets freaked out because it's really dark. Would be so much better. Like she's resenting the fact that she's now in winter because she can't greet them up in spring, and she's like angry about that. And I'm like, but that what <laughs> like stop it um but yeah i don't know i just re i've never really liked the portrayal in this because how can you make poseidon a good guy when poseidon is actually one of the worst like in mythologically he is one of the worst sometimes even worse than zeus and hades in comparison is really quite tame but then you make hades the worst and like abusive like character in his romantic relationships and then you make poseidon like a nice guy no P poseidon should be literally the nice guy trademark like capital letter nice guy because he's he he expects things i don't know i i've never liked it like poseidon should have been the one who was a bit i know he's meant to be percy's dad but he's also a deadbeat father like <laughs> show him as a deadbeat father instead of trying to make him out to be a nice guy because he's not because he abandoned his kids and then picked favorites afterwards um anyway uh <laughs> let's just move on from that and go into the story um because i'm just saying this story has a lot and this is something i've i've said is an issue that i find with the rich writing as a whole this story has so much happen like way too much is happening in a single story what i do find interesting about this story as a whole is that it could have actually been the start of one of the books because it starts with percy like most of the things started with percy at school when then a monster comes in and he has to go deal with it this could have been the start of a main story like it feels like it was the start of a main book it includes character building it includes character development it has some significance to the plot um which is something like the books themselves the books really haven't had much development in general but this one just shows percy relying on other people to help him whereas like what we've seen so far is that he 
does everything himself like he he doesn't rely on other people in fact like in the last case he stole Annabeth's quest like we haven't seen him rely on other people enough but in this short story we do and I think this would be a great way to develop his character of him caring about his friendship and relying on his friendships to be successful in his quests and his fights for the good thing and all these sort of stuff but the other thing that this short story does is that it finally develops more side characters like Talia, like Nico, and a little bit with Ethan Nakamura, but honestly Ethan could do with so much work. Like Ethan's just such a nothing character, we just don't understand anything about him and it's really irritating because considering the significance that his character played in the last book and were a little bit in the last Olympian, he needed some he needs so much more development than he does actually have. Um, and this could have been a story for it and honestly I think this story should have been in some way um, what Battle of the Labyrinth should have been in some way I don't know something something should have been fed this should have been fed into one of the main stories somewhere because um, it would have worked but whatever anyway and the only thing that I do have to say about the story is that my only complaint is this this story makes Titus not look that frightening like it feels like we shouldn't be that nervous about titans considering like bob or Ipetus or whatever his name is he was defeated so easily it just feels a little disingenuous because like the titans are meant to be terrifying creatures who shouldn't be able to be defeated so easily and yet they kind of are and so it kind of feels like well why are we nervous if we can defeat them this easily with just some trickery it just yeah if if yeah i think that just could have been done a little bit better just because considering this is like a short story that's meant to take place between battle of the labyrinth and the last olympian and the last olympian is like that final battle sort of thing where all the chaos is going to kick off with the titans we assume to have this take place in it actually feature a titan one who was meant to be the most deadly because Ipetus is the piercer, like he he stabs and pierces his victims, and yet he's defeated quite quickly with a little bit of trickery, and then thrown into a river, and his memories wiped away, and that's it. That's dotted, son, done, sorted, all good. Just feels a bit of a joke because, like, <laughs> if people have read this before, actually going into the last Olympian, they'll be like, oh, I doesn't feel like there should be anything to worry about in terms of the other titans because this one's been defeated in two pages like yeah i feel that could have been honestly i feel like epitus shouldn't have been in this um like at all <laughs> um because it make it more about ethan i think this is what this short story should have done is make it more about ethan than about epitus um, but just don't have Ipetus in there or the whole Bob situation. Just make it about Ethan and him facing down the others to give him a bit more of a character. Um, but again, honestly, the main characterization should be in the main series. But if it's not going to be there, pop it in these side stories and we actually get a little bit of something else. Um, but just overall, like this is a, this was a really interesting story because it does help us show the dynamic between the big three kids. But the story at the same time as a whole just feels a little bit forget, forget, for, not forgetful, a little bit forgettable. It's also, and this is the thing that I was mentioning earlier, it's also annoyingly one of the stories you have to have read for some of the books in the future. Like, 
there shouldn't be like a side story from a small little collection that not everyone will get because no one will think oh well it's not part of the main series i shouldn't need to read it um for us to then actually get the connections of things that happen in later books it just feels a bit too like it's like what the marvel cinematic universe does like if you haven't seen one of the movies you're not going to understand another movie which is just really bad because not everyone has seen every single marvel movie but the fact that the, the franchise now has it where you basically have to have seen every single movie to understand every single thing happening in another film is just a little bit dumb um yeah so not everyone would have read this book to understand the bob references that happen in later books and there are quite a few actually which is why it's a bit and thankfully we do get a bit of a recap in it but i remember reading it the first time because i had i'd never read the demigod files until like last year and i remember reading i think it's somewhere in the heroes of olympus and i got to this part talking about bob and Ipetus and this reference to the story with nico and talia and in the underworld and i remember being like the hell i remember this from the original series and i only read them a week ago um because i managed to read the whole of percy jackson and all of heroes of olympus in like a month um but yeah it was just it it's it's bad practice if someone needs to read a short story to understand something that happens in a later series it's a little bit of a problem but yeah that's just that's just kind of it really i don't think i've got anything else to say um but again, in terms of this, I'm intrigued as to what you guys think of the fact that there are elements of this short story that you need to know for later books. How do you feel about that? Um, so obviously that post goes up on all of our social media, so let me know your thoughts in the comments there, or drop me an email. Again, as always, I want to thank you all for joining me today for this mini-story. Be sure to join me next Wednesday as we continue our Ionverse journey. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Stitcher and Deezer. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find The Best Damn Camp on various social media and Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your own thoughts, you can email thebestdamncamp at hotmail.com and I'll read it out at the end of the show. If you want to support me making this content, check me out on Patreon at A Healthy Dose of Fran. Want to know more about my upcoming writing? Drop me a follow at A Dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter, and I'll see slash speak to you guys next time. Bye. (laughs)